Hello, good morning. How we doing? Good? Yeah? Some of you stayed up too late on New Year's Eve and still getting over that? I know for all the teachers, like my wife, they, you guys are lamenting. School starts tomorrow. Got to go back to work and start waking up early and all those things. Well, hey, listen, guys, I'm so glad to see you here uh, in church 2020. You, have, you now have perfect attendance in the new year, perfect church attendance. And so we've got an opportunity to keep that going, but excited to see all of you. If this is your first time, or if it's your first time back in a while, you picked a great Sunday to be here uh, because we are starting a brand new sermon series called Sound On, which you just saw the video for. And it's all about how do we unmute God's voice? How do we hear from God? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but, but if I did, if I were to go around this room or we were to have a private conversation, you, you and I, we were to sit down together and I were to ask you, how many of you wish you could hear from God? How many of you wish that God would just tell you where he wanted you to go, what job he wanted you to have, if he was right, if she was right, if you should marry them, what career you should take, what degree field you should be in, what you should get your degree in. How many of you would love, yeah, every, I'm seeing heads nodding, every single one of us, there is something embedded in all of us that we want to hear from God. I believe that's one of the reasons that you wake up on a cold Sunday morning when you were under some warm covers and you come out and you, you venture out to church. It's the reason why you're here. Because you and I, all of us, we want to hear from God. I'm going to come back to that. Let me ask you, how many of you have ever played the game charades? Just nod at me if you've played the game charades. Okay, I see a lot of heads nodding. Let me, let me explain it to you just really quick for those whose heads aren't nodding. So charades is a game. It's really, if you, if you need a good laugh. This is the game for you. Charades is hilarious because you have a teammate or sometimes you have a bunch of teammates and there's another team and you're given a word or a phrase or a thing or a movie title or whatever it is and you have got to somehow communicate that to your team. Your person has to guess what it is you're trying to tell them but the only caveat is you can't talk. You can't talk, you can't speak, you can't write it out, and you've got to communicate that thing to your teammate. And when they guess correctly, your team gets a point. A little while back, my family decided to play charades. And it was incredibly funny because you got to understand my family's dynamics. There are about half of my family who... We're just here because we love each other and we want the fellowship and we just and, and so they are not competitive. They don't care if they win. It doesn't matter to them. And so those family members were mouthing the word. They didn't really want to do the acting. And so they're just kind of mouthing Top Gun. Top Gun. <laughs> hey, you can't do it. And then there's the other half of my family who is like me, and we are competitive. I am here to win, okay? I hope we can still be in good company with each other after this is over, but I'm going to beat you so bad that at the next family function, we are going to talk about how bad you went down at this family function. Sorry, I got a little bit too carried away. And so 
those family members who are competitive, it's like we're an air traffic controller. You know, we're trying to land the jet, and we're doing all these motions. The funny thing about charades is especially whenever your team is not on the hot seat and you are watching the other team try to communicate something again without using words because their teammate, it's just a bunch of guesses. It's a bunch of uh, this, uh, that, uh, I don't know, I don't know, do something else, you know. And, and you're trying to figure out what in, this, what in the world does this person want me to say? What do they want me to know? What point are they trying to make? Because they're trying to make that point without words. See, a lot of us, the reason I bring that up is because the way some of us are trying to live our Christian lives is like it's a game of charades. It's a series of guesses. And so it's like, okay, God, do you want me to go over here? Oh, that didn't work out so well. Let me try over here. That's not going good either. And so we're living our Christian life like it's a game of charades and, and it's a series of guesses and it's not working out whenever God wants to speak to us. Whenever it doesn't have to be that way. Whenever our life could be so different. See, God wants us to hear from Him. The most God-honoring thing that could happen, the way God would be most honored, is if His children heard His voice and obeyed. If you're a parent, you know that. If you've ever been around other people, you know it brings your heart great pleasure. It honors you when you're in public or you're around other people, or even just if you're at home by yourself, and you speak to your children, and they hear you. Like, not just, okay, I heard, it went in one ear. Not, not just listen, they heard and they obeyed. That honors you as a parent. Well, the most God-honoring thing that could happen is for us to tune in and listen to God. The good news is, God wants to speak to us. Scripture is full of examples where God spoke to Moses, to Abram, to Joshua, Samuel, Job, Jeremiah, Paul. The list goes on and on and on and on. God spoke to people then, but God is still speaking, even today, even in 2020. Some thousands of years after Jesus was on this earth, God is still speaking to us today. Look at what Jesus said in John 10, 27. Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. In other words, I'm talking. Two, two things are happening here. I'm talking and my sheep are listening. And, and so as we see that, we know Jesus is in fact talking. He was talking then. He is talking now. And this verse says, my sheep listen to my voice. So it would be fair to say, and I'm not trying to cast judgment. Lord knows I am not the judge, and I'm very glad about that. But it is fair to ask ourselves, it is fair to do some self-assessment and say, if I'm not hearing God, if I'm not hearing from God, am I in relationship with Him? Because God says, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. They hear me. So am I his sheep? Am I in relationship with him? We can do a lot of good things. You can come to church. You can read your Bible. We can do a lot of good things. We can know a lot about Jesus. 
But the question goes back to, are we his sheep? Are we in relationship with him? Because he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. This idea that not only will we hear, but when we hear, we're going to do something about it. So I've read um, that back in, back in these days, back in biblical days, when Jesus was telling this, the people who would have heard him then, they had a context for this. They understood this because they saw it all the time. There were literally shepherds in that day. There were flocks of sheep. And these shepherds would take their sheep to different places. They would go to bro uh, brooks to give them uh, water. They would take them to a place where water could be found. They would take them to uh, lush, green pastures so that the sheep could eat. And while they were there, of course, other shepherds knew about these places. Other shepherds would bring their sheep to these places. But that was never a cause for anxiety amongst the shepherds. It wasn't like you saw another shepherd come, Oh man, we got to get out of here quick because I can't have my sheep getting intermingled with their sheep. What's going to happen then? They didn't even worry about that because what would happen is when that shepherd got ready to go he would call out to his sheep uh, many say that there was some sort of sound he would make there was a distinct sound that that shepherd would make and those sheep would know oh there goes our shepherd we got we need to go with him he would get away from the group he would count and then he would have all his sheep. Why? Because the sheep listened to their shepherd's voice and stuck with their shepherd. Funny story, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was at daycare. I was picking up um, my boys. And my littlest, uh, Landon, he's two, he was in his class. And I got stopped by a parent in the hallway. And so we're just chatting, you know. Didn't take long. Wasn't there long, but we're chatting. And next thing I know, I see my son make the turn doing 90 or nothing. And he runs up to me, jumps on my legs, hold me. And he's so excited, Dad's here. Well, there's a couple problems with that. Number one, the teachers leave the doors open, but you aren't allowed to leave the room. That is a rule. You don't go outside the room. Landon knows that rule. Landon obeys that rule 99% of the time. The second thing, the second problem with that is you aren't allowed to run in the hallway. But here Landon is running out of the room, running down the hallway, running to his dad because he heard his daddy's voice. And it didn't matter which rule he had to break to get to his daddy. Now I got to tell you, as his daddy, my heart, I'm like, come here, boy. We'll deal with whatever repercussion, <laughs> you know. When we hear our daddy's voice, we want to be closer to him. We, we want to draw in an intimacy. When we hear our daddy's voice, we want to obey. Whether or not we're always good at obeying, that may be a different matter. That's the reason God wants us to hear his voice. God wants to speak to you. God wants you to hear His Word, His voice. God wants you to hear from Him because He wants you to obey, to respond. But He also wants you to draw in in intimacy with Him. And those two things happen 
when we hear his voice. So God wants to speak to us, but now the question is, okay, Pastor Andrew, I believe you. How do I hear from him? I want to hear from him. How? I want to make this message very, very practical, very, very applicable. So what I want to do is I want to give you five ways God speaks. Five ways God speaks. You note takers are going to love this. For those of you who don't take notes, what's wrong with you? Okay, all right. Hope you made a New Year's resolution. Five ways God speaks. And I'm going to talk about these in order of frequency or in order of expectation. And I'll just say that that part is mine. All five of these are biblical. The, the expectation, the frequency part, uh, that's what I put in there based on what I see is, as years of being a Christ follower and being a pastor. And so, anyway, you may disagree with that, the frequency part. That's fine. You'll see what I mean. Let's do it. Number one, number one, rarely with an audible voice. Rarely with an audible voice. So, Scripture is full of examples where God speaks directly and audibly. I just named off several examples. Job, Jeremiah, Paul. We, we went through a list of people that God spoke to directly and audibly. I, I think one of the, the examples that probably stands head and shoulders above the rest is the example of Moses. Look with me in Exodus 33, verse 11. Here's what it says. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. How amazing is that? It's like God and Moses would get together for coffee or something. You know, I mean, that's kind of the equivalent, modern day equivalent. These two would have a conversation with each other. There would be dialogue. Moses is leading his people. God wants to make sure that Moses has the instruction. God wants to commune with Moses closely because Moses is the leader of this nation of Israel, at least the earthly leader. And so they would have direct access, direct uh, conversation with each other. Now, when we see that, I don't know about you, but... My thoughts are, yes, I want that. How in the world could that? I want to speak to God like that. I wish I could have uh, God sit down with me for an hour every week across the table and we could, we could talk and there could be this doubt. I wish. But friends, what we're looking at is really the exception and not the rule. What we're looking at is the exception, not the rule. See, when you... When you read Scripture, you look at it, and it's like, okay, God spoke to this person, flip a couple pages. Okay, God spoke to this person, flip a couple more pages. Okay, God spoke to this person. And what we're seeing is the highlight reel of really all of humanity. There are thousands and thousands of years of human existence. And so when we read Scripture, we see the most compact, concise version of where God was speaking, where God was speaking. And so, yes, Scripture is full of examples of, of God speaking directly and audibly. But again, these are some of the foremost encounters. Let me tell you my experience. I have been following the Lord now for 20 years. Uh, went to Bible college right after high school. Have been a pastor now uh, for eight years at the bridge. I worked for two years at a children's home. I, 
I've been in church. I've been in a relationship with Jesus. I'll just tell you, I have never heard the audible voice of God. I would love to. I wish He would. I think He can. But up until this point right now, He hasn't. I've never heard the audible voice of God. So that got me wondering. Knowing I was going to talk about this today, I went to our senior pastor. And then I asked him if I could share this. <laughs> pastor Jim Wall, amazing man of God. You won't find a finer human being, incredibly intelligent. He's actor, actually Dr. Wall. Uh, got a doctorate, very knowledgeable. Went to uh, the Philippines for 10 years as a faith promise missionary. God has used this man in mighty, mighty ways. I said, Pastor Jim, has God ever spoken to you audibly? He said, no, he hasn't. Then I started thinking, you know what? I don't know anyone that God has spoken to audibly. Now, that's not to say I haven't forgotten someone. And if you have a story, I would love to hear that. I would love to hear your encounter. But I'll just tell you that, that God's speaking audibly, yes, so I'm, you're going to notice I'm going to try to bring balance to each and every point. Can God speak audibly and directly to you? Absolutely. I believe that wholeheartedly with every bit of faith I have in me. God can speak audibly. Does he do it often? I would say no. I would say no. You know, even between the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, there were hundreds of years where he was silent. There, there are these times where... God just does not speak. And so anyway, my point in saying all that is God can speak audibly. You may have had an experience where he has. Rejoice in that, friend, because I, I believe it's rare. Okay, well, if it's rare, Pastor Andrew, tell me, tell me something that's going to happen a little bit more. Number two, number two, occasionally through dreams. God will speak occasionally through dreams. So we just came through the Christmas season, and you know two of the key players in the Christmas story are Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph. The only reason Joseph stayed engaged with Mary when, she found out, when he found out she was pregnant is because God spoke to him in a dream. God spoke to him in a dream. Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 21 but after he had considered this, Joseph, after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him where? In a dream. All right, I'm going to try that one more time. An angel of the Lord appeared to him where? So good. You guys are on it. And Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now the angel keeps going. We're going to stop. You get the point. God spoke to Joseph in a dream. God, Joseph was, was nervous. I'm sure he was frustrated. I'm sure there must have been some anger. I thought you were faithful to me. I thought we were each other's only true love. And then she comes up pregnant. And, and the reason they stayed together is because God spoke to him through a dream. Job 33, 14 and 15 says this, For God does speak, now one way and now another, though no one perceives it. Isn't that amazing? God is speaking. The question is, are we tuned in? The question is, are we listening? 
And so it goes on. Verse 15, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds. God didn't just speak to Joseph in a dream. God speaks to us. Not all the time. But occasionally, God will speak to you in a dream. As you're hearing that, I'm just guessing you've got to be thinking what what I was thinking this week as I was putting this sermon together. Why in the world would God speak to me in a dream? Why wouldn't He wait, you know, until I was up? Why wouldn't He wait until I'm alert? Why uh, Why wouldn't God choose to speak to me while I'm driving in my car or something? And then it hit me. Just, just be aware, and, and I know Sundays occasionally, uh, Sundays most of the time are, are more laid back for most of us, but just be aware this week, just, just be aware of a, a normal day, how it goes. We are bombarded with television and meetings and emails and our phone and texts and all these different things, and there's so much noise in our world, that if we don't fight for some quiet time, if we don't fight and get intentional about having some time alone with God, it won't happen. It won't happen. And so the reason God will speak to us through dreams is because for some of us, that's the only time we're quiet enough to listen. That's the only time there's not three other things going on in our world. And so when we're asleep, we're quiet, we're relaxed. And so God will occasionally speak to us through dreams. Now listen, I told you I was going to bring balance to each point. Let me bring some balance. So you have a dream. And you begin to think, well, wait, was that God? Was it God? I don't know. It could have been God. It could have been that you ate a bad burrito last night. You went by Taco Bell. They had left the stuff that was supposed to be in the refrigerator out a little too long. So here's what you do. When you have a dream and you're wondering, is this from God? Pray. We make it more difficult than it has to be. Lord, I just had this dream. Is that from you? I, and if it is from you, how, what do you want me to do with that? What you, if it was God, He wants you to know. And so again, occasionally God speaks through dreams. Don't depend on it, but don't rule it out either. I will tell you, I have had that experience. I've had that experience where God spoke to me through dreams. He does, I tell you what most of the time happens in my dreams. I'll go to bed and there'll be a question. There's something I'm thinking about. There's something I'm just concerned about. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's, uh, conflict with a person maybe it's something in the message or in the sermon but I go to bed and there's questions and then I wake up and God has downloaded I mean I wake up and I'm like oh that's what I need to do yeah that makes sense that it's like I wake up with answers and so again occasionally God speaks through dreams let's look at number three sometimes through an impression Sometimes through an impression. What do I mean by an impression? A feeling, a stirring. That, that there are just times, and I'm sure you've all had this, where you just have this feeling, you know what, I'm, 
I'm supposed to go over here. I'm supposed to do this thing. You know what? I, I need to check in on that person. You know what? I need to, I need to give this person a call. My mom, uh, when she moved back to this area in 1999, we'd moved around Georgia, Arkansas. We went some different places there for a couple years. When we moved back to this area, we were living in Princeton, and we visited a couple different churches in the Princeton area, but we ultimately settled at the bridge. Well, years later, I went to my mom. I said, why in the world? Of course, you know. I mean, you see me here today. Obviously, you know, wow, the bridge ended up being a big part of Andrew's life. And so I got curious. I said, Mom, why did you, what was it about the bridge? She said, I don't know. There were other churches that the sermons were good. The music was fine. I mean, it was, they preached from the same Bible. It was, I just had an impression. There was just this feeling, you know what? I need to be there. Guys, it would take me until 12 o'clock, so I'm not going to do it. It would take me until noon to tell you all the ways that our family has been blessed by being a part of the bridge. Namely, uh, it's ended up, I've come on staff here, and, and it's become a big part of my life. And it all started with my mom being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Give you another example. There was a gentleman in the church. He reached out to me with a Facebook message. He said, Pastor Andrew, my dad was a pastor. Uh, so I know a lot of times you don't hear from people unless mama's in the hospital or they're on the verge of bankruptcy or something bad is happening. And I just want to let you know everything's going good my way. The bridge is such a blessing. I'm enjoying and growing with your sermons. Man, thank you for all you do. God bless you. I read that message and I almost burst out into tears because he had no way of knowing. I hadn't made this public knowledge yet. No one knew at this point that less than 24 hours before that, I'd gotten a call saying my father had passed away. But he just felt impressed. You know what? I need to reach out to him. I need to encourage him. I I need to let him know I'm praying for him right now. What was it? God was speaking to him. I'll do the same thing with you guys sometimes. that God will lay you on my heart. And sometimes I reach out to you and then sometimes I don't. But I'm always amazed at the number of times when I do reach out with a text message and, and I get back. You had no way of knowing this, but I had a big meeting at work today. You had no way of knowing this, but we are going through an exhausting week with our child and just discipline. And It is amazing. You're right. I didn't know. That guy, when he messaged me, he didn't know. But God knew. God knew. And he impressed it upon our hearts, other people's hearts, to be there for someone when they needed it. I think about peace, too. Sometimes uh, an impression can be a peace. So you have two different options. Both of them look good. On the surface, both of them seem right. And yet, and again, maybe you've had this experience. You just feel a little bit of apprehension about this one. But but you have a a God-centered peace with this one. What is that? That is God's leading. That is God's direction. That is God guiding you now we have to be careful with this because yes god does lead through impressions he does lead through peace but we're really good at justifying sin 
or let me just put it on me, I am really good at figuring out a way why it's okay for me to do the bad thing I want to do. Amen? Some of y'all, the amen was too strong over there. <laughs> Telling on yourself. Amen, Pastor. I do all kind of bad stuff. I'm going to cheat on this diet, and it's okay. I got a feeling. I got a peace about I can have this chocolate. So we have to check it against His Word. We have to check it against His Word. Because God, God is never going to tell us. He's never going to give you a peace about You may feel a peace, but that is not from God. God's never going to give us a peace about something that goes against his word. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? No. So God's word is the ultimate measure by which we look at. All right, let's keep going. Number four, number four, often through his children, often through his children. God will use people in our life to speak to us and impart wisdom. That's why it's so important that we be surrounded by godly counsel. I was going to read this to you. I'm not. I'm just going to kind of summarize. Uh, I want to read to you the story of Moses and Jethro. So if you want to write this down, this is Exodus 8, 13 through 18. You can go back and read that later. You remember a little bit earlier in the message, I told you God would speak to Moses directly. They would like sit down and have a dialogue with each other. And so you would think if there's one human being that ever lived that God does not need to speak through someone else to, it would be Moses. And yet one of the clearest examples I see in Scripture of God using another person to speak to someone is Moses. Moses finds out his father-in-law is going to come for a visit. His name's Jethro. His name's Jethro. And so Jethro's coming to town. And of course, like any son-in-law, Moses wants his father-in-law to be proud. Can't wait. I want him to see what I do. And when Jethro comes to town, come on in to work with me. Uh, father-in-law, come on Jethro. And so Moses would go and he would take his seat. And all the people in Israel who had a dispute, Scripture tells us that they would line up and wait, and their dispute was heard by Moses. He was the only one. So they're coming to meet with Moses. Moses meets with people all day long, deciding cases. Never got to the end. Finally, he just said, okay, we've got a break. We'll reconvene tomorrow. So, so Moses does that. And then, of course, he stands up and he goes over and he's talking to Jethro. You know his chest is puffed out. So, Pops, what'd you think about that? I'm the man, huh? I mean, everybody in Israel comes to me. They all... You know what Jethro's response was? What you are doing is not good. What? Now, at this point, Moses is the leader of the Israelites. There are very few people, very, very, very few people who could speak to him like this. And God providentially places Jethro in Moses' life and providentially gives him this advice, gives him this word, and it was a word from God to Moses through Jethro. Why? 
He says, what you're doing isn't good because you're stifling the whole country. You're stifling the whole result. Everybody's got to wait on you. Surely there are men of wisdom in your company. Surely there are other people who could decide cases. And, and you could lay your hands and a portion of your spirit could be on them. And then you could just decide the harder cases. Well, that's exactly what he does. We're going to go to verse 24. Here's what it says. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. Very few people could have spoke to him on, on this level. But Jethro could because he was in relationship with Moses. Can I tell you something? That's why it's so important that you have godly friends. That you have godly mentors. That's why it's so important that you have a bridge group. That, that you're a part of a bridge group. Because sometimes there is a message that God wants to get to you. And He'll use other people to bring it to you. And so if we don't have godly counsel around us if we don't have godly people around us we don't allow we block that method for god to speak to us so today uh i told pastor Ivan, i said don't even worry about mentioning bridge groups we've got so many other things you know vcas i want all my volunteers to be at vcas today's the last day to sign up i want all of you to come to ownership today's the last day to sign up we got student ministry come on that happens tonight but also today, our bridge groups opened. Bridge groups opened for the new semester. So that'll be February, March, and April. And you can sign up all during the month of January. Guys, I would love for you. I wish, I wish that every single person who came to the bridge was in a bridge group. Not because... I, not because it makes our church look good or nothing about me. I wish you were in a bridge group because it is a place of fellowship where you can be in relationship with other people. It is a place of discipleship where you can grow in your knowledge of the Word. But it is also a place where God has a chance to providentially place people in your life who are believers, who are on this journey with you, and he has an opportunity to speak through others to you. So God often speaks through his children. Well, we've been progressively moving up. So sometimes, often, all that's left now is always. How does God always speak? Let me just tell you, God always, always, always speaks through internet preachers. No. No, that's horrible. Listen, there are some really good ones. There are some very, very good ones. There are also some scary ones. When, when you hear a pastor say something, can I just tell you, go and research that. And once you've researched uh, that stuff enough and you know that that person's a trusted source, maybe you don't have to do that every time. Can I offer you a piece of advice? Research me. Don't just come and, oh, Pastor Andy, it's got to be right. No, it don't. I mean, I am incredibly smart. No, I'm just kidding with you. No, good Lord, there are things that I could get wrong. And so I never, ever, ever want to lead you guys astray. So check those people out. Anyway, that's not it. Uh, here, how does God always speak? 
He always, 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 always speaks through His Word. He always speaks through the Bible. If you get an impression and you think, could that be from God? Go to the Bible. If you have a dream and you think, could that be from God? Go to the Bible. Does it check out with Scripture? If someone comes up to you and says, I've got a word from you. Now, it could be that God is speaking to you through them. It could also be that you need to completely disregard what that person is saying. So you always, always, always check it out through the Word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's, it's useful for all those things. Why? Verse 17, So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God wants you to be thoroughly equipped. He wants you to know His heart. Scripture is called the revealed will of God. You want to know what God's will is for you? He wrote it down. Now there are some, there are some intricacies that you may need to, to fast and pray and really seek God's face about. But I promise you, God does not want you to lie. God does not want you to murder. There are some things that are just absolutely spelled out. And the closer we get to God, the more we read His Word, the more we understand the heart of the Father, and the more we live according to His will for us. And so here's what we're going to do this year. We have had Bible reading plans, and they've been during a sermon series before, and you're able to keep up the energy during the sermon series. This year, I want us to try something we've never done before as a church. I want to ask you to commit to read through the Bible in one year. Some of you have already done that. It'll be a, it'll be a second or a third or a fourth time you've read through the Bible. Some of you have never done this. Can I tell you, it will bless you. And hey, listen. God always speaks through His Word. And so it'll be an opportunity for you to hear from God. So how are we going to do it? January 19th, we've got some bookmarks coming in. So if you like to read a paper Bible, that's normally how I read. Is, uh, I don't normally read on a phone or tablet or whatever. But we've got those. Those will be available to pick up on January 19th. You can do that with your spouse. You can do it with your ministry team. You can find a friend or an accountability partner. I would love for you to, to just promise right here today to just commit. I'm going to read through the Bible. I'm going to just check it out. I'm going to see what Scripture says. I'm going to go through it in one year. We're also going to do, here's, here's another thing. Here's what I'm going to do and would love to invite you to be a part of this. On version on the Bible app, on your phone, there is a Bible plan where it shows you the reading, the prescribed reading for that day. And if you keep up with that each day, it'll keep you on track to read through the Bible in a year. I'm going to do that. And I would love for some of you to do that with me. Here's why. I can invite you to the plan. If you would, yeah, there's my email address. Email me and write your name and your phone number, and that will allow me to send an invitation to you. And then here's what's going to happen. You will be able to check up on me. And if you see a couple days go by and there's not little green check marks, you'll know I'm not reading. You can call me out. Okay? 
And then we can hold each other accountable. It's going to be a great way to keep up with it. I believe there's also a discussion board. So as we see things in Scripture, we can look at that together. So I just want to invite you. If you'd like to be a part of that, I'm going to try that. And, uh, and I'll invite you to be a part of that as well. And we'll kick that off on January 19th. Why is that a big deal? Because God always speaks through His Word. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now, especially some of you guys. Every guy, just look at me. <laughs> Pastor Andrew, I don't read. I've had several guys tell me that. I don't read. On you version, I almost hesitate to tell you this. It feels like cheating. On you version, there is a little speaker at the top, and you can press that button, and it will read it to you. God wants to speak to you this year. Even if he has to do it through your cell phone. So let's just commit to do that. Pray about it. Come back next week. Actually, it'll be the next week, January 19th, and we'll kick that off. We're going to read through the Bible in a year. God wants to speak to us. We're going to learn a couple more things in the weeks to come. Ways God speaks, how to position ourselves to hear from God. We're going to keep going with this series. I hope you'll, uh, I hope you'll stay with us. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I, I'm just blown away. God, I think about the fact that a holy God, that the God who created the universe, the God who, who spoke everything that we know into existence, a God who is too massive to be able to describe, a God who is all-knowing, so there's no way for us as finite beings to be able to describe your intelligence. A God who is omnipresent, omnipotent, a God who is amazing in every way. It blows me away that that God wants to speak to us. That God wants to be in relationship with us. And so, God, my prayer is that this year, like never before, we would lean in and listen. That we would hear our daddy's voice and it would give us this desire to go deeper, this desire to listen and obey. And God, I, I think about uh, uh, when, when we drink water, it, it quenches our thirst. God, my prayer for this year over the Bridge Church is that we would have an unquenchable thirst for You. That we would go deeper than we've ever been. That we would listen. That we would position ourselves to hear. And God, that as we get quiet, as we lean in, that You would speak. Through dreams, through other people, through an audible voice. Through your word, whatever method you choose to use, God, I pray that we would hear you this year and that we would respond and obey. And when we do that, I think we'll be amazed at the results. I think we'll be amazed at what you'll do in our lives and in our church and in our community. God, we want to hear from you. 
Heavenly Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.